Good morning. I hope you're feeling well on this Sunday morning and uh, we will declare that this is the day that the Lord has made and we will be glad in it. So I don't take this lightly. I take this as an honour to be able to minister to you guys. I feel that the Lord has uh, led me to this word. So I really pray that you are blessed and that we don't... um, we're not the same when we finish hearing the word today that God would have done something um, in us. Um, so basically, just before I start, I was looking at some old preaching notes and um, I came across something about September, which we're still in, which is prophetically the ninth month, which apparently symbolises birthing, just like a woman who's waited nine months, nine symbolizes finality and i'm going to prophetically declare over us some of us that you know our period and season of suffering is over and that um as as we are in the month of uh, september which is the ninth month we declare finality over some of the things that we might be going through and there will be fruit and there will be spiritual babies come out of it um Hallelujah. Let's pray. Whatever we've been praying for and believing God for, it would be birthed in Jesus' name. So I'm just going to encourage you today to push. And if someone's in the room with you, say push. And, you know, when a woman's in labour, we tell her to push. Um, And we encourage her, even though she may be at the point of giving up. You know, I didn't have to go through labour, I had a cesarean, and that was bad enough. But, you know, a woman in labour, I have been with someone in labour more than once. And I know that they get to a point where, you know, they just don't want to push anymore. You know, you might be at that point, this is what I feel the Lord is saying today. You might be at that point where you don't want to push anymore. And my word to you today, God's word to you is push. Keep pushing. Push until something happens. P-U-S-H. Push until something happens. Don't give up. The enemy always wants us to give up. Maybe just before we get our blessing and our breakthrough. So I'd encourage you, don't give up today. You're carrying, just like a woman's carrying a baby, you are carrying something powerful inside of you if you are carrying the Holy Spirit. So there will be something wonderful that will come out of it. So I would just say to you, push. Um... So I believe that that's the word, as I was writing the sermon, that that's the word for someone today. God is saying to you, push. And there's someone who's watching this that really does want to throw in the towel, I believe, and give up. Even It might even be suicidal thoughts. And my encouragement to you today is push. Don't give up. Amen. And also I wanted to just share one scripture before I start the preach, which is, Psalm 5, 12, it's the passion. I've really got into the passion translation recently. Um, And it says, Lord, how wonderfully you bless the righteous. Your favour wraps around each one and covers them under the canopy of kindness and joy. Wow. How amazing. And who are the righteous? Those that follow God. Those that try to their best to be obedient to him. That's what he calls the righteous. 
So he's, you know, you bless the righteous. The, the Lord says he bless and he wraps his favour around each one of us. We don't deserve his favour. I just wanted to encourage you with that. And Psalm 18 as well in 30, verse 30 says, "What if you get a chance, read through Psalm 18. It's amazing. What a God you are. Your path for me has been perfect. All your promises have proven true. What a secure shelter for all those who turn to hide themselves in you. Amen. There's a place we can go. You are the wraparound God giving grace to me. Wow. He is the wraparound God. Imagine, you know, when you in the winter when you've got that one of those shawls that you wrap around you or the blanket. He is our blanket. He is our security. He is our wraparound God. And I just want us to receive that today, that God, he doesn't feel like it always, but he's wrapping himself around us. And we are, you know, the days are getting darker. It, it, we've shifted into something not nice with this virus and all these limits that are being put on us. Um, but you know what? He's still the wraparound God. He's still the God of miracles. He's still, in fact, he's going to be even more the God of wraparound. He's going to be even more the God of miracles. Yeah, because when the enemy comes in, like a flood, he will raise up a standard against him. He's got us. He's got our backs. I just wanted to to, to encourage you in that. And, and 32 says, you've wrapped me in power. Wow. He's wrapped you in power, guys. He's wrapped us in power. How amazing. So I just wanted to encourage you with that. And Psalm 5.12 says that you surround us with favour as a shield. Wow. So just know that you are wrapped in Christ and you are surrounded by him. And by his angels. Hallelujah. So what I wanted to speak on today is the power of sacrifice. And um, I probably talk about this a lot. Um, this is what the Lord is doing at the moment. And uh, just bef- there's two main scriptures and stories that I wanted us to look at. One being in Exodus 4.2, um, which says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? He was fearful and say, the Lord did not appear to you because the God had spoken to him. Then the Lord said to him, what is that you have in your hand? And I wish I had a staff right now. I need to get one as a prop. What is that you have in your hand? He said, a staff. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Throw it on the ground. So I believe the Lord is saying today, there's some things we need to throw down at his feet some things we need to lay down today that God doesn't want us carrying you know um, it could be lots of things and God will be speaking to you right now whatever that is it doesn't always have to be sin it could just be not doing what he asked you to do it could be just like not doing ministry or you know moving in the thing the gifts that God has given you um, and that staff it was represented a lot to Moses um, I believe, you know, God is, is, is going to anoint us afresh today after we lay down whatever that is that he's asking us to lay down. Um, and with a new anointing and a fresh power for the new season that we're in. And I'm telling you now, we need 
that anointing and power right now. This is not a time to to play games with God. This is not time to play church. This is a time to be serious before the Lord because we're going to need him and we need him right now more than ever. He wants us to lay down our crowns, everything, even the things that, you know, the Lord has given us, blessed us with, the title maybe that we've got, you know, even the anointing. I'm not saying don't do it, but just lay it at his feet. Cast our crowns at his feet. In other words, I got God, you know, even if I didn't have these things, I'd still serve you, Lord. You know, um, if you wasn't called pastor, would you still serve him? If you wasn't called whatever you're called, leader of whatever, or, you know, would we still serve God? Yes, should be the answer. We would still want Jesus because he, he, it's all about him. You know, he's not going to do it, but what if he did take away our anointing? Would Jesus be enough? And that's also my question today. And he is enough. Amen. So I know that God has brought me to a place in singleness where Jesus is enough. Um, Even if I don't ever remarry, Jesus is enough. Amen. Now, I'm not saying it's good to remarry, by the way. Stay married if you're married. Um, there are some things that might have become an idol to us or it might be some sort of habitual sin or unforgiveness but God today is just saying throw it down throw it down the staff could represent our anointing our authority our comfort amen it's not always comfortable to serve God there'll be times of uncom- when you are uncomfortable and God is saying throw it down and look what I will do. Amen. He's been busy in lockdown. He's been removing pride from his people. He could because he's, he's working everything together for good and from his leaders. Um, and when we, when we walk back into those church doors, through those church doors, and anyway, he's still amazing us at the moment, but it's going to be amazing. You know, we had, a, we had a taste of that at Ashburnham when we went to Ashburnham for the day and the anointing was very powerful. And it was wonderful. It was so wonderful, so easy. Um, but he's moving right now outside of the church. He's moving online. He's moving on Zoom. He's moving in the streets. He's moving in the prisons. He's moving in the hospitals. He's moving everywhere. Um, he's pushing us out of our nests, you know, like the eagle, baby eagles. He's making us uncomfortable. He's pushing us out into our communities. Um, and before a revival, there's always a shaking, which is what we've been experiencing. So I believe, you know, it's going to be even more powerful that God is going to move in a wonderful way. Um, He's cleaning up his church. And, you know, it does look like we're in the last days, guys. But the Bible also says we don't know the time or the hour when Jesus will come. Um, And, you know, uh, many have fallen. um, But pride comes before a fall. And Jesus wants us to get rid of pride and let God look up take over he wants humility right just quickly on the set the shepherd's staff um it's a curved hand the curved handle is normally wide enough to fit around the neck of a sheep or a goat <laughs> it's funny isn't it allowing the herder to catch an animal that is straying and reroute them in a different direction and that's what god does he uses his staff sometimes to pull us back and that staff might be you to pull someone else in amen 
Um, the staff would also be used to rescue an animal. How wonderful that God rescues us, you know, um, that slipped out of reach of the shepherd. So I remember that psalm that says that you pulled me out of a slimy pit. And I always felt that was when I became a Christian. It felt like he'd lifted me out of the, the slimy pit that I couldn't get out of uh, and gave me a new, fresh start. Um, the staff is a symbol also of God's authority. Um, it's symbolic of God's authority um, as well. So leaders were given a staff as a recognition of God's authority. Um, and God asked Moses to throw that staff down. And so uh, the next verse says, He threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the towel. Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Wow. So God gives us, that just telling me, God gives us power over the enemy, amen, and over our enemies. Um, and, you know, the enemy wants to take authority over us, but we need to grab him by the towel, just like the eagle grabs the snake by the towel and takes him up high and batters him against the, the cliff, pecks him to death. It, we need to do that in prayer. Um, and then the next verse says, This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak. And when he took it out, his skin was leprous on his hand. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back in your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back in his cloak. And when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. So God is a God of restoration as well. He's going to restore some things back to us. He's going to heal us in the name of Jesus. You know, he's healed me so much in my life. Uh, when I've had death sentences over me uh, regarding illness. But he's come through for me. Amen. That's why I could never leave God or, or you know, not do what he's called me to do. So the, re the leprosy can represent also sin or problems in our lives. As I said, he's a God of restoration and he can clean us up if we allow him to. Amen. So the next verse was, but if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. So Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Can you imagine that? Moses, an amazing leader, was not eloquent. He was slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said, who gave human beings their mouth? He did. Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? It, it, is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. Now, I'll stop there. Because Moses still begs him to send someone else, but he actually ends up working with the other person. And he says, I will go, go. I'll tell you what to say. 
I'll teach you what to say. I'll tell you what to speak. And this is what the Holy Spirit does with us, you know? Don't think that you're not good enough to be able to go and encourage someone or minister to someone or write a sermon. Because God says, I will help you speak. I wasn't educated properly at school. Um, I, you know, I wasn't a good, good pupil and I didn't do well at school. But you know what? I learned to use God's staff after I became a Christian. And I mean, I did well before that, as far as becoming a nurse and stuff. But, you know, I wasn't brilliantly educated. Never thought I would ever be a, a, a preacher or a teacher or a trainer, which is my part of my job, one of my jobs. And, you know, this is the supernatural power of God. When we have his staff, which he gives us when we get saved, we have that staff. Amen? It's supernatural. And he will give us the dark desires of our heart. They became a reality for me. My own business, a trainer, a pastor, a chaplain. I never thought I'd do any of them things, and I'm not showing off. I'm showing off about my God that can do the impossible. Nothing is impossible for him. You know, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. If we allow him to use his staff on us, pull us back when we're going the wrong way, he will be, we're allowing him to be our shepherd because we don't have to let him be our shepherd. It says we won't lack anything. Amen. And then in Psalm 23, it says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Amen. And it goes on. We know it's amazing. But I'm going to move on because of uh, getting everything finished. So um, what's in your hand? God's saying, what can you sacrifice up to God? What can you do for God? Amen. Some things have to be sacrificed before we can do stuff for God as well. God will use what we give up to him. Amen. He will do signs. He will do wonders. You know, I remember um, praying for Bernadette when we went to Ashburnham. And I, I'll be honest, I prayed for her. I couldn't feel anything. I didn't feel God move. I didn't feel a mountain move. I just prayed and just trusted that the Lord was doing something. And she actually fed back to me that she felt the power of God. Wow. You know, and this is what he just uses us as vessels. He's a God of power. Even when I pray for the prisoners that I work with sometimes, they go, I needed that. I couldn't feel nothing. But God moved. I'm going to talk about the woman with the jar of oil as well. Um, and just want to reinforce that God is a God of uncommon blessings. <laughs> uncommon to the average person that don't know Christ. See, God hasn't got any problem blessing us. He, he hasn't got a problem with that. But first we have to understand he'll only do it if we're ready. He has to have a place to pour into. So what I'd say is turn your cup the right way up so that God can pour in. A seed can't germinate in the wrong soil. With the right soil and environment, it can die to itself and produce much fruit. And, you know, in the, in, in the Bible, it makes it clear in John 12, 
unless John 12 24 says a single grain of wheat Jesus said this will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops to the ground and dies because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat all because one grain died amen 25 says the person who loves his life and pampers himself or she will miss true life <clears throat> but the one who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself or herself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever wow amen <clears throat> i've been doing this 28 years and it's true God is calling us to die to ourselves like that grain of wheat. It has to die to itself before something in it can come alive and grow. And I you know I've been doing a bit of gardening again this year and I've been it's been really ministering to me again. You know, before the blessing there's a breaking. So that little seed that's in the ground, it's not nice when it's down in that ground. It's cold, it's damp, it's dark. But you know what with the right food, the right watering it dies to itself and it produces something and for us the seed goes in the word with the right keep watering it prayer worship fellowship word it dies to itself and it's up to us to make it die to itself for us to die to ourselves it's our choice it's the right choice so we're going to look at the woman with the little jar of oil and 2 kings 4 verse 4 says the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to elisha your servant my husband is dead and you know that he revered the lord but now this creditor is coming to take my two boys now she had no husband she only had god left and her two sons is that you today i've got one daughter I'd say the precious things to me is God and my daughter and my dogs but you know my child obviously is really precious to me she's my world below God so I'm trying to put myself in the position of this woman how she might feel they were coming and because her husband was a man of God but he died that wasn't his fault and he left some debt so that what they did in those days they would take if they, if you didn't have anything to take you get that they take your children as as servants they were coming to take her two sons all she had left and she was desperate now you know what desperateness gets god's attention i've been desperate so many times in my life for things and it does it gets god's attention how desperate are you for god to move in your life The woman with the issue of blood was desperate. Remember she'd been bleeding for 12 years. But she made her mind up. If she just touched the hem of Jesus garment, she'd be healed. Her faith was that strong at the time because of her desperation. Doesn't say she knew him before. She may have just heard about him and what he does. She was in a bad way. This woman with the jar jar of oil. Elisha 
replied, so she went to the man of God, very wise. Elisha replied in verse 2, How can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? Come on, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. So the woman, the, the enemy wants us to think we've got nothing to offer. But God is saying, I can turn what you have into something great. I've put gifts in you. I've given you witty inventions, businesses, creativity, ministries. What have you got in your house today? God is asking that you can give unto him. You can give over to him. She made a sacrifice of a small jar of oil. Imagine that's all she had in her cupboard. But she laid it down. She threw it down before God. She did what the prophet said to her. He was being led by God and she was obedient. She could have said, no, I'm going, I'm going to kill myself and my two sons. No, she had some hope. This was her last resort. She had hope. And I believe the Lord touched her. Look what he did. Verse three, Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbours for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. See, this is faith. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. A friend of mine, supernaturally, got a housing association flat. She shouldn't have got it. She wasn't on the list or anything. What she did when she made the application, she got a broadband, she arranged for a broadband to be connected at that flat before she even got the flat. And she got the flat. She spoke it into existence. She prayed about it. Amen. She put it on her vision board, actually, as well, at the beginning of the year. This is faith. So he says, go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour the oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. This was an act of faith. They were empty jars. It looked dead. But she was obedient. And by faith, she collected the jars from her neighbours. She must have felt like a fool. Imagine it, knocking on doors. They know she's on her last leg. She's got nothing. <laughs> Probably laughed at her. But they gave her some jars anyway just to shut her up because they felt sorry for her. So now she collected all those jars from her neighbours. Now God can move because of the faith. Amen. Number uh, Verse 5, she left him and shut the door and behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. Wow. She kept pouring. <laughs> it was an overflow. It was an overflow, guys. We're in the overflow of God. Just speak that over yourself. I'm in the overflow. Come on, receive it. Let's not listen to what the news is saying. It can get you down. I felt it affected me this morning, this, this corona thing. And I thought, no, I'm in the overflow. It might not be looking good. 
in, in the natural as far as jobs and money. I'm living in the overflow. Amen. My jars are being restored. They're being filled in Jesus' name. You need to say that as well to yourself. When all the jars in verse 6, 2 Kings 4, verse 6, were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. Now she's getting into it. She's thinking, I like this. Wow, this is supernatural. This is amazing. This is what we get like when God's moving and we see his miracles. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I zip wired through um, the jungle in St. Lucia, I was petrified to do it. But once I did it, the first one, I was like, yeah, let, let's go back. Let's do it again. I was trusting that this thing I was wired up to, this harness onto this wire through the jungle, wasn't going to break. And I started enjoying it. And that's what God wants to do. He wants us to trust him and enjoy the journey. I'm preaching to myself here. Just giving that small jar of oil over as a sacrifice unlocked her faith and it unlocked a supernatural anointing to start flowing. It unlocked miracles, guys. And God wants to unlock miracles that are hanging over us in the spiritual realm. We can do that by just using our faith. Unlock your faith today if you need to. Amen. Favour came over her and her household. And we received that over us and our households today. Some of us need to be unlocked. Amen. What is locking you down and stopping you moving forward with God? And then in the next verse, he says, he replied, there's not a jar left. The oil, then the oil stopped flowing. The oil stopped flowing when there was no jars left. Amen. It was finished. It was done. The miracle was done. The oil didn't stop flowing until all the jars were used up. There's something that God wants from you that you have in your hand, that you have in your house, that's going to start the flow of the oil of God over our lives in the name of Jesus. God knew how much she needed and he knew who would he would use to get it to her. So sometimes we have to go to other people as well to get our miracle through them. Amen. But God gives it ultimately. God used Elijah the prophet. He used her neighbours. He didn't even know that, maybe didn't know God. He used them to provide the jars. Amen. God is about to bless you in an extraordinary way. Amen. When you throw everything down in front of him, when you give what you've got in your hand, when you give over what you have in your house, I don't know if he might be talking about your tithe. I don't know. But if you don't tithe, I encourage you today. Tithe. It's supernatural. Amen. Give to God. Uncommon blessings are there. They're hanging over us. Let's allow him to unlock us. Let's get used to making sacrifices to God. Romans 12, 1 says, 
Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating, this is the amplified version, all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice. This is the word of God that carries power. Holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical and intelligent act of worship. Wow, it's intelligent to make our bodies, um, present our bodies as a sacrifice. That means that all of us, every bit of us, to God. It's intelligent to do it because the blessing that comes from it is overflowing. He's going to fill our jars today. Just hold up your jars before him. Hold up the things that you need to um, give over to God today and watch what he'll do. And I know he will. There will be testimonies from this message. So, back to 2 Kings 4.7. She went and she told the man of God what happened. And he said, go sell the oil. Pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Amen. Notice that the widow had to do something to get her blessing. First, she spoke out to the prophet. Then she believed that the Lord could help her through that man. She had faith. She didn't go to her friends. She didn't go to create a GoFundMe webpage. She went straight to the man of God. Then she did some reaping that was due to her. She stated that her husband revered God. He was a man of God. Tradition, not the Bible, says that he was prophet Obadiah, who hid the hundred prophets from Jezebel. Um, Behind every great man, there's a great woman. So she understood her inheritance. He put things in the spiritual bank of his life. He hid, if it was him, he hid the hundred prophets and therefore... He was blessed because he was obedient to God. He'd done great things for God. So she understood her inheritance. The creditors had a legal right to take her sons due to the debt that was left by her husband. And we have a legal right to take back and demand back what the enemy has stolen from us. But we need to be living right for God. We're never going to be 100% perfect, but we know the things we need to adjust. Amen. There needs to be an investment by us. Elijah asked her, where is your investment? What you got in your house to bring to the table? It might be, as I said, your time, your time, your holiness, your love, your kindness, your skills, your gifts. Elijah doesn't tell her anymore. Only bring that jar of oil because that meant the most to her apart from her sons. That's all she had. What is in your jar? That's all she had left. Are you prepared to give everything over to Jesus today? Just imagine Jesus come as a tiny baby, a sacrifice, and look what came out of that. Wow, our healing, our deliverance, our salvation, forgiveness, could go on and on and on. Joy, peace. Also, Elijah said, go and shut the door behind you. 
she used wisdom because she didn't want to hear negative voices of the neighbours or friends or whatever. Not everybody's going to agree with what you do when you follow God. Amen? No one will be with you when you go before Jesus when we die. We'll be on our own. And he will say, look at what did we do for him. We don't want him to say, go away, I never knew you. No one wants to hear that preached. But it's a reality. Let's lay down some things today. That staff meant a lot to Moses. That oil meant a lot to that woman with the jar of oil. And God is calling us to lay everything down, our lives before him. And he's going to anoint us today afresh with a new anointing and a power for the new season that we're now going into. We need it. Let's lay down our crowns. Let God give the anointing and the power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What in our life is an idol? What have we got a a habit, a sin? As I said, unforgiveness. What has God been saying to you this morning? What is he asking you to lay down? Do you need healing? I really felt the Lord talk a lot about to me about healing for today. Are you depressed? Are you despairing? Are you grieving? Do you need a financial breakthrough? The enemy wants to come and give us lots of worry because of what's going on. And he's trying it on me as well. But you know what? After revisiting this today about the oil, I'm trusting my God to be my provider through everything in the next season of my life. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, uh, now, as I finish, Lord, today, I pray for everyone that has listened to this message. Lord, you know everybody, Lord. You said you know how many hairs are on their head. I commit them all to you, Lord. And I ask, Lord, as we lay down things that you're asking us to lay down before you, that you would just come and anoint us afresh, that you'd fill us afresh, Lord. Fill our jars with oil. Fill our cup, Lord, today. Those that need healing today, Lord, I pray you bring complete healing, spirit, soul and body, physical healing and emotional healing. Those that are grieving, I pray, Father God, for your healing anointing, your healing power. Those of us that are needing financial breakthroughs, Lord, I pray that you meet our needs. Oh, Lord, just use us in this next season and show us all what you want us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.